Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time right now. Bible study, 20-minute movement, all that kind of thing. So get ready to give us a call and let us know your thoughts on... Uh, what on, we're talking about. On what we're talking about, <laughs> absolutely. Um, on our Bible study. I'm super stoked about this. Uh, this ho- we're starting a new Bible study. Yeah. It's going to run from now through until December. Um, oh, I'm new quarter. super excited about it. Because we're going to be talking all about education and we have a teacher in the room. This is exciting. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. I'll have to keep my rants to a minimum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to start off with my rant. The foundation and purpose of all true education is redemption. Hey, nah, I can care. Bible study's done for the next three months. Move on. (laughs) No, no, I agree though. That's it. Yep. Okay, so uh, we've got somebody texting through to talk about the Constitution in the United States. Ooh, okay. I was pretty confident we'd get some comments on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is actually really big what's happening in America right now um, and just you know, wanted to comment on how that the Constitution will now be reinterpreted because you've also got a president there. I mean, who knows what president we're going to have next year, but it's not going mm. to make any difference on the issue of... Uh, separation of church and state and religious liberty. Both of them are talking to the same tune hmm. on that issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On other issues, very, very different. But on that issue, they're the same. Interesting. Yeah. So, oh, it's so fascinating to watch what's happening in America right now, particularly. Okay, so at the moment, um, this is a bit of a sneak preview, and I'm, pro- <laughs> I'm not authorised to tell you this. Okay. Are you going to tell us? Should I? Well, you've started now. Okay, so, all right. But you're an adult, you make your own decisions. <laughs> I take no responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Okay. You heard it here first on Faith FM. Okay. On the week, the week of the election, mm-hmm. um, and just following that, you remember the N.Digital, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that Sharissa and myself did. Yeah. So Sharissa and myself getting back together again with Sharissa's husband, Tero- Justin awesome. Tarosian. Okay, the three of us. Um, and then we're teaming up with Matt Parra. So it's going to be two Americans, two Australians. Oh, hey, yeah. And, and we are going to do yeah. the N.Digital America version. Oh, wait, why is it different? Okay, so this is going to be the N.Digital. It's going to be a nine-part series, and it's going to be entirely focused on America in Bible prophecy. That's really interesting. Wait, why aren't you allowed to tell us that? Well, That feels like great information. It hasn't been released yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it has now. I just did. It has now. <laughs> Radio, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, you're Every, welcome. Be there. Everybody. Well, I kind of started to say that and I'm like, well, you know what? It's going to be announced. Yeah. But no, I think that is really important, right? Because like we are at a time, that it is the time of the end. Yes. Like we've talked about this. We, oh, yeah. We oh, absolutely. This. And so I think this is actually a prime time to be like, well, what does And there the is Bible so say? much happening in America right exactly. now that is relevant to Bible prophecy. Exactly. Like it's perfect time to do it. And so we're like, you know what? I've never done a nine-part series on American Bible prophecy before. What's the longest you've done? Two. Okay. Oh, oh. Two-part series. That's the longest I've ever done on American. That'll be this fun be a with nine-part series. So what we'll do mm. is we'll each do a presentation. So we'll, we'll share the presentations. Right. So there's three, three presentations each. So there's three of us presenting: um, Justin, Sharissa, and myself. And then we're going to have the roundtable discussion. So remember we did uh, live Q&A? Uh-huh. So we're going to have four people on the plan- panel, two Americans, two Australians, to answer your questions live on what's happening in America 
as it is taking place. That's going to be really worth listening to and being a part of, I think. So we're going to be able to dig like way deep into mm. what's happening in the Supreme Court, what's happening with the presidency, what the differences are, what the similarities are between the presidents from a religious perspective mm. and from a Bible prophecy perspective. Oh, so good. America plays a major role in Bible prophecy and it has been recognised as such since it was a micronation. Yeah, interesting. You know, when people when people first when people first started to discuss America as you know, and and expositors of going, okay, now we've 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 identified who this nation is. This is the United States. It was kind of like saying that one day New Zealand will be a superpower. Yeah, <laughs> because it was just nothing. Yeah, yeah. everybody when they said that, everybody had the exact same response you just had when I said that. Yeah, yeah. I had a bit of a giggle and I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, wow, how things changed. Yeah. How dramatically they changed. All right, we need to get into our Bible study. It's going to be all about education. It is going to be amazing, and it is going to start in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. So if you are able to, uh, then turn there to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 while we get into it. Okay, so Genesis 2 verse 7 says, yes. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the, the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Keep going. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, keep then, going. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. All right, let's stop there for a moment. Let's, let's, let's stop there. Okay. Okay, so you've got a brand new human being. Mm. Uh, fully grown, fully developed, a little bit different to our, what, our, how we typically see human beings. Mm-hmm. Now, we understand where the education begins for a new human being in, in, in our space. Yeah. Um, education begins with learning to eat, mm-hmm. learning to drink milk. That's, that's where it starts. Um, there's some certain instincts that kick in and a uh, brand new human, human being starts to eat. Mm-hmm. And it kind of grows from there. But if you're going to start with a fully grown <laughs> brand new human being, mm. where are you going to start? Look, I don't think I've ever thought about this. <laughs> okay, but eating's kind of important. It's still, yeah, it's still one of the fundamental things. And so things. what does God plant? He's got the garden. Plants a garden. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you see yeah, where I'm going, right? You I see sure what you do. see where I'm going? I sure do. It's kind of the same, but different. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because a garden is far more advanced than, you know, the breast or um, for people that struggle with that or it's unable to bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. This is this is this is the adult level of the same thing. Yeah. So we start a baby's education at a particular point. God starts it at a particular point. Mm-hmm. It's the same point. It's just that the adult version is incredibly amazing and complex. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what you've got? Two verses right there. Mm-hmm. Education begins. Mm-hmm. God plants a garden. That's education right there. Okay. Think about your education starts in a garden. That's like the best place you could. You're growing a garden at the moment. I know. It's just like full of life lessons. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I think like, I mean, my mum was also a gardener when I was a kid, but I hated it. Like now I'm like, I'm ready for a garden. But for like a solid 20s, I was like, no, not today. (laughs) Yes, because I remember being a kid. And having to weed. And and having a massive garden. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were basically self-sufficient in our garden when I was a kid growing up. It was just, oh, it was paradise. Uh Um, And 
the one thing that kids are capable of doing in the garden is weed. <laughs> and the other thing that there is lots to do of is weed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think all of our childhood memories about gardening is just... Just weeding. Just weeding. <laughs> Nothing else, just weeding. Yeah. You don't get to do all of the, uh, you know, the really cool stuff like the planting and the watering and the... And the and the harvesting. Well, we used to do a fair bit of harvesting, I should say. Uh-huh. We'd go down to the garden and raid it all the time. Yeah, it's the best. Nothing like being a kid and raiding the garden, particularly when there's strawberries or raspberries or something like that growing in it. Anyway, um, we need to look at exactly what takes place in this garden where Adam's education actually begins. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so obviously... Uh, you know, you've got a brand new human being. I would think he'd be kind of hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take him to the garden and give him a feed. Yes. Okay, Adam, uh, this, is, this is where you find food. This is really, yeah, where you will live and dwell and work. That's right. And so you, can you imagine for a second God taking Adam around the garden? It's like this one, you know, this one's good to eat, this one's good to eat, this one's good to eat. That one's good for animals to eat. Don't eat that one. Mm. Um, that's grass. <laughs> that's for cows. Not going to be so good, yeah. Uh, but this one over here, you know, that's 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 a pear tree, so this is going to have really good. Tr- don't eat the leaves, <laughs> don't chew on the bark, eat the fruit. Mm. And then he comes to a tree. Don't ever eat this tree. This tree has fruit on it, but don't ever eat this fruit. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Don't even touch this tree. Uh, so immediately. The garden is teaching Adam more than just how to eat. Yeah. The moment that God takes him into a garden that is full of food, his education now extends to morality. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, values-based education. That's right. It's important. Yeah. So spoken like a school teacher. <laughs> I'm so stoked we have a school teacher right here to take us through this particular Bible study, which is all about education. You know, uh, does your education stop when you finish school? No. I would say for some people it doesn't even happen when you're in school. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a bit too me. Oh, Minnie, <laughs> go for it. Don't hold back this morning, Minnie. I didn't mean for that to just come out. <laughs> <laughs> that was gold. I believe greatly in education. And the reason I'm going into teaching is because I think it just it matters so much. Yes. I also think there's a lot of problems with a lot of things in the system. Yes. Anyway, I'll just leave that there. Because <laughs> <laughs> one day, somewhere in the future, <laughs> Minnie wants to get a job. Yeah, hopefully they when won't she finishes, When she finishes her degree. <laughs> and hopefully her prospective employees are not listening right now. <laughs> but yes, no. No, actually, I think if I was, if I was, um, if I was a school principal, I would think that the statement you just made actually gives you greater qualifications to be a teacher than um, if you just, you know, blindly follow along by a sheeple with there's only one form of education, people only learn in one certain way and unless you learn in that certain way then you're just as thick as two short bricks. Mm. Um, And I think the great thing about modern education is that modern education is at last starting to recognise that. Mm. I don't see them implementing that very much these days. <laughs> mm. There's still, you know, a, a, 
an implementation of, you know, the old system, which is great for probably 90% of people, but pretty terrible for a whole other bunch of... A whole lot of people, yeah. Yeah, and and actually stunts them and holds them back from what they're good at, holds them back from success. And I think think that's being recognised, but I don't think it's being addressed. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I see happening. Yeah. Um, Except for, you know... um, Movers and shakers and insightful people like yourself and Angela and so forth that are going, yeah, you know what, we need to uh, we need to broaden our perspective here. I'll tell you, Angela, she is someone I want to learn from. <laughs> well, this was her area of expertise uh-huh. was like she, she takes all of her – she takes her classroom out into the garden all the time. And this is what's so important, right? I think with education, knowledge just for knowledge sake is never enough. Like when Adam is in the garden – like we said, we're also looking at morality. We're also looking at the relational dynamic of like between him and God. God is the ultimate teacher. Can I trust the information that this person is giving me? The things that he's showing me. Like a garden is a living dynamic experience. I mean, to a degree, obviously it's not another person, but that's very different to just some facts on a wall. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot more authentic to, okay, how do we experience what we would now be like, okay, the laws of nature or, man, art. How many people, like in history, their poems about like you know you're as beautiful as the sunrise, or, you know, like whatever, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, whatever you want. But there's so much to do with nature that it just goes into every subject area. Like if I if I'm talking about like schooling, yes, that I'm just like, why are we not in nature more? Like nature is God's classroom. That's right. It makes so much sense to me that He's in a garden. It's where it all starts. Absolutely. Okay, let's continue on. Where do we get to? Like verse eight or something? Correct. Keep going. Okay, so the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four four branches. The first branch, called the Passion, flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The second branch, called the Gihon, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Asher. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. Do you keep going? Uh, yeah, one, a little bit more. Okay. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden, uh, Eden to tend and watch over it. Okay, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this garden that God has created, mm-hmm. what is the next big significant thing that we find in the garden? So we've got food. Mm-hmm. It makes trees to grow with fruit. Uh, so he teaches Adam how to eat food. Mm-hmm. Then he teaches Adam the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Teaches him morality. But what else do we have in this garden? Well, he's given purpose. He's got ownership. Yeah, you're thinking too deep. Well, there's water. Water! Yeah! yeah. Uh, water is probably, you know, it, it's it's kind of our favourite environment as human beings. Mm. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. When people go camping, where do they camp? Near the water. Near the water. When mm. people want to add uh, value to their real estate, what do they say? Oh, waterfront views. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. If, even if you can only see a tiny speck <laughs> of water out of one far corner of one window standing on one tippy toe and holding your tongue out, on the left-hand side That's of right. your face. But it's there. But it's there <laughs> and it's going to add value to the home if it's there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of how it is, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As human beings, we love to be beside water. Mm. We love to look at water. 
Um, you know, what's okay? So, what's your favorite water environment? My my wife's favorite water environment is waterfalls. And four years ago, we went to Croatia, went to uh, Plitvice nice. Lakes, which has the most amazing waterfalls in the world. And uh, she was just in heaven. She mm-hmm. was just she was literally she was just in heaven. Uh-huh. Uh What's your favorite? Water environment. Oh, nah, see, I just love them all. Like, because I think I grew up in Toowoomba, which is like hours away from actual water. I think the closest yes. is like Somerset Dam, and it's like it's a dam, but it's water, and I'll take it. Yes. So I love it. Like, I'll go swim in a muddy as murky lake and be like, water. <laughs> but I love the sea. But I like rivers. I like waterfalls. I just, like I'll just take anything. So you couldn't you couldn't pick one above the other. I like the sea. I love the sea. Yeah. I kind of have uh, saltwater blood. Yeah. It. Uh, it's you know. I love everything about the ocean. Yeah. Um, my wife loves everything about waterfalls. You know, other people they love rivers. You know, it's like give me a, give me a raft, give me a river, give me a, mm. give me a kayak, and 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 just point me in the right direction. I think what I like the, the, with different sorts of water, you often have different land around it. Also, though, like the sea, I love the beach. Like I love the coastal feel. That can be very different to a river, like through a mountainous or valley. You Vastly. Know, you know, it's it's totally different geography. Sometimes, not always. I get that. So I like experiencing the difference there too. So I'm just like, mm, I'll take them all. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And so God has created this environment that is, you know, and this, and this, you know, when you look at human beings and our attraction to water, mm. and you know, this is something that is, it's international. Yeah, it crosses every language barrier. It crosses every um, cultural barrier. It crosses everything. Mm. Every race, wherever you go. People want to look at water. They want to be near water. They want to be in water. They want to be beside water. Uh, large bodies of water just attract human beings, and it's not just because we need to drink. Mm, there's something more, yeah. It's spectacular. And you know what? I just this is a little bit of a side note, but I think when I hear the Genesis account, often we so quickly go from the God created world, it was good, and oh, and then sin came. We do not understand how beautiful this would have been. Like, yes, we have beautiful rivers and we can go out and it can take our breath away and we'd be like, wow, this is amazing. This has nothing on the Garden of Eden. Like, everything about that would just be so, I don't know, just so much in its goodness. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I Sometimes we get to the point of like, man, this is so beautiful, I can't even like comprehend it. Eden would be a whole new level of that. Everything is so pristine and so perfect. Yes, Okay, and of course, uh, within this whole environment, God has placed Adam in an environment for education. Mm. This is where his education begins. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, A couple of texts come through. Uh, Christopher has commented that uh, he hears many that you like to jump into cold water in New Zealand. I did. I tried to make it a point that at least once a week, all through the year, including winter, I went in the beach. There were some. Pretty- you went in the beach, or you went in the water? There's difference. Oh well, the closest water I went to was the beach. Okay. So. So you went in the water at the beach. Oh, the water at the beach. Just clarifying that. It used to be my well. Because a- I can go to the beach in the middle of winter, no problem at all. You know, layers and layers and layers of clothes and say, "What? Oh no, in the water. Yeah, in, went the in the water. water. I went in the water. Yeah." There were sometimes I used to go, it was like my Friday night thing. I was like, yeah, like, have this come, like, end of the week, this is awesome. And then I'd be like, it won't be that cold this time. I don't know why I would be deluded about that every time. Because <laughs> I was like, it's been sunny all day. It wasn't sunny every day. Um, and it was nighttime, so it was dark. And I'd go in the water and I'd be like, oh, I'm so freezing cold. <laughs> but you always feel alive. You're always like, woo. 
but yes. I did by the end of winter. There was one day I remember it was like before sunrise and I was like, I got to the beach. I was like, I don't want to go in. I just want to be warm. It's good to do something once a day that you don't want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's good for your self-discipline. Yep. Yep. No, I totally agree. Yes. See, I – was it last year or the year before I, when we had a pool? Yeah. I swam in it every month of the year. Amazing. Not every day, but every month of the year. <laughs> All right, what are we up to? We let's let's keep reading. We've got more to read here. We've got a couple more things um, that God's going to do for Adam's education in the Garden of Eden. It mm. all starts in a garden. Where am I going from? Wherever you left off. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so um, but the Lord God warned him: you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat the fruit, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. Okay, let's stop there for a moment before we go any further. Uh, ooh, so many things to talk about right here. Let's talk about the animals first. Mm-hmm. God creates them all yep. and he brings them all to Adam. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. And so this is kind of what scientists are still doing today. They go out there, they discover animals, and they name them, mm-hmm. classify them, look at their, you know, find out things about them, all that kind of thing. They, I think they say they estimate that somewhere between half and a quarter of uh, all insects in the world have not yet been named or described. Wow. That's a lot. Yes. Interesting. You could you could go and find one and yeah, hey. call it the mini insect. <laughs> nice. That's original. a mini buzzing around over there. That's a mini. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. No, it's interesting that way. Yeah. He does this. And it is. I, I actually have this little belief that when you're because like for scientists who are interested in that line of work, it's they're interested for a reason. Like that's why they do it because they have an interest. From my little just watching different documentaries and interviews and just different books I've read, they are far more connected to those things because they're invested in it. Oh, so, so much so. Yeah. So with Adam, I'm just like, he's going to have this investment into the place that he is and the animals that are around. It's not just like, oh, well, they're here and I'm here and they're part of the environment and whatever. There's a care that you like, and we see this, right? We see people who like they will fight for animals like nothing else. You know, they're like, "Oh, we've got to save this baby." This like, even if in the wild it would die, no, 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 we've got to look after it. And I just think that's something really precious about that. That God goes, "Hey, when you look after this, you look after them." Like it's not about dominating. It's like I'm in charge, even though you are. You know, God does set him up as the authority to do this. But I was going down a. I was. I was having a point that I was going to make, and it's just just slipped right out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can just see a massive amount of education. You, you think about Adam's first day and the amount of information that has been poured into his brain in the first day. Mm. In the first day, he's been shown. Okay, this is where you eat. This is what. This is where. This is where all the food is. This is what you don't eat, and that one is morally wrong. Mm. And then uh, you've also got okay. These are all the so that's all the all the plants. Now let's deal with all of the animals. This is a massive. God is just like okay, Adam. Uh, let me give you a uh, an orientation to life on Earth. Mm-hmm. These are the things you need to know. Okay, so let's let's run through all the animals real quick. And with this one, I'll let you name them all. Yeah. And really, what God has done is He's given Adam 
a start mm. because he hasn't given Adam all of the information. He's just like, bring them to Adam. You describe it. You name it. Yeah, so good. Right? Which then means that Adam then has this whole scope yep. of a lifetime of eternity to go back over all of these different creatures and like, okay, I called that one a such and such. Mm. Let's now learn about that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's given him a starting point, a reference point to start from. It has he's basically come to Adam and said, okay, this is what I want you to do, Adam. You're in charge of this place. I want you to learn about it. Yes, exactly. I, 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 have, I have created things for you to learn about. Mm-hmm. And so, so far he's learned about um, living, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> eating, eating and so <laughs> forth. He's learned about morality and he's learned about the natural world. One more thing to learn about. Let's read about it. Oh, we don't have time. He creates Eve. Yes. So now the next thing that he's going to learn about is relationships. And this is going to be critical because relationships is how he's going to connect not just with Eve and with his family, but with God. 100%. And so these are your four big aspects of education that Adam has received on his first day. It is how to live. What's right and wrong, the natural world, and relationships. And that's where our education should begin. If we can start our education there, we are starting in a really, really good place. Make, of course, the plan of redemption central to that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so now it is time for... Question of the Day. Okie dokie. So why is the last week of the 70-week prophecy of Daniel in the future? Or why is it believed by some people to be in the future? Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, In answer to the first part of your question, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. It's not. Mm -hmm. It goes a little bit like this. Uh, You'll come across people who uh, in their understanding of Bible prophecy will say there's a seven-year tribulation at the end of time. So you ask them, well, where does the Bible say that? And 99% of the time they have no idea where. Yeah. So if you're one of those kind of people, then... Study it through and find out where. Now, of course, when you go back and research it, what you're going to find is that the only place in the Bible, there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about a seven-year time period. Hmm. That doesn't exist. There is nowhere in the Bible that speaks about a seven-year tribulation. That doesn't exist. In fact, the whole concept of a seven-year tribulation at the end of time is based on a lot of verses that don't exist. Okay. A lot of verses that don't exist. Uh, What you do find is a passage in the Bible that describes a period of 70 weeks. 70 weeks is a total of 490 days, right? Mm -hmm. In Bible prophecy, a day symbolizes a year. So we have 490 years. And that particular prophecy is divided up into a number of sections. Mm. The first section is four hundred is 49. The second section is 434, which leaves just one week left, which is seven days. A day symbolizes a year. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, that is the only place in the Bible that indicates a seven-year period. Period. So that part is accurate. Seven there year is, is a seven-year period there. There is definitely a seven-year period there. Okay, so the problem is this. 
If you go to Daniel chapter 9, you find the whole prophecy in Daniel 9, the, first, the last four verses. The Bible says 70 weeks, that's 490 years, are cut off for your people, that's the Jewish people, and your holy city to, make a, to, make, to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. Um, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision, prophecy, and anoint the most holy. So, okay, so we've got 490 years cut off. When does that begin? It says, know therefore and understand that from, there's your from, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That took place under Artaxerxes. It took place in 457 BC. Um, and you can calculate uh, exactly uh, 483 years from there, which is the first two sections of the prophecy, because it says, uh, you know, there'll be uh, uh, seven weeks and 62 weeks. That's 483 years. Mm. Um, that will bring you through to Messiah the Prince. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus came exactly on time. Uh, he was baptized in 27 AD as Messiah, which is the year that is pinpointed by this prophecy. Now, here's the thing. That's where the prophecy extends to as far as 483 years go, but it's actually 490 years long. And so there's that seven-year period left. At which point you have a bunch of people who say, okay, it finishes there with the ministry of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a gap of a couple of thousand years which places that seven Weeks, those last seven weeks at the end of time in the future. The last week. I mean, yes. Seven days, yeah. Except there is not a shred, not even an inkling, not even a crumb, not even a morsel of biblical evidence for that. Because if you had such a that division, make any sense. you would have to say if that, because that's very time specific. That's right. If there was going to be a big separation, you'd have to say. You would. Mm. You would. Uh it, the Bible requires it that if you're going to create a gap somewhere, you have to specify that. There is no specification. There, Not only is there no specification for it, there's no logic to it. You've got 490 years mm. for these events to take place. They all, all of those events refer to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, you know, reconciliation for iniquity. That happened on the cross. Mm. If you don't have that happen in the seventh, in those last seven years, then it's completely obliterated, cut off out of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no logic to it. There is no scripture for it. That's the most important thing. And it teaches you nothing about Jesus Christ. Mm. It's a Christless doctrine. It tells you nothing about the plan of salvation, uh, the great controversy, God's character, his love for us or whatever. This is, you can always tell when a doctrine is a false doctrine, when it is a Christless Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.